Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez and me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. Oh boy, Fern. We got a very special guest today. We cannot pronounce your name, but let us say, <laughs> hey, we're going to refer to you by your maiden name. Is that okay? Formally, yeah, like uh, kind of like Prince, formerly known as Bernsey. Formerly known. Yeah. Bach, do you have a, uh, do you have Bach, a symbol? Do you have a symbol or something you were going to use? A symbol? He's, yeah, like, like he's Prince. referring to Prince. Oh, <laughs> not yet, but I'll work on it. Right, so we'll get, this, we'll get you one. this is the, uh, let's go with the coach formerly known as Megan Burns. Yeah. How do you say your new last name? Your married name? Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. Now, Fern. Yeah. Like, like, bok, like bok choy. Like bok, bok choy. Yeah. Yes, bok exactly. Like a vegetable. Um, Fern. <laughs> now, for you, this isn't such a big deal. But Meg and I <laughs> No, what I'm going to say, Meg, is you and I worked together 10 years ago. Now, look at us like you and I yeah. were in such let's call it insane relationships. Can we use that? Is that a good word? Would you say that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Insane relationships. Oh, we're going there. No, 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 no. We're not okay. going to go there. Okay, That's you know, we're not going there. Not, not about mine. Yeah. We can go there about Meg's not about mine. <laughs> um, and uh, and now look at us. We're married. It's crazy. This I is a uh, you've got a kid. I got a kid. Ups. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Forgot I even about forgot, that. forgot that much. Like, look at that. Um, no, but, you know, you and I go way back. I don't really know your relationship with Fern, I'm obviously we're all on staff together. You've probably worked some seminars together, but in that period of time where you and I and Fern, like 2013 era, when we all kind of got on, you and I were working together fairly regularly. So we spent yeah. a lot of time together. Yeah. Yeah. And last time I was on, I was just with Fern on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, I don't know what to expect now that Ackerman's going to be on. Yeah. Uh, just well, essentially, so, essentially just way worse. I was uh, going to say, I'm pretty much the one that keeps the, the train rolling. You know, got it. I keep yeah. it on track. I keep it I've on track. Definitely, Fern, I've definitely been able to tell that through all the podcasts I've listened. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know you don't listen to this show. Don't lie. No, I do. So, I actually do. Yeah, I actually do. Yeah. Is it is it valuable? You getting some good stuff out of it? You learning how to coach better? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I'm just getting a lot of feedback to, to give to you. In the yeah. well, well, let's talk. Let, let, let's give you a little introduction. I mean, obviously, seminar staff are going you know crazy. The three of us, 10 years of our lives, know. you know, traveling the world, coaching seminars. You also have such a tremendous, you know, resume of places you've coached Invoke with uh, Christmas Abbott, right? Yeah. Who's been on the show. And did you know Ben Javolsky? Javolsky? Yeah. Wad prep, yeah, dude, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ben, uh, you also made it up to the, you know, Massachusetts area at the One Nations, you know, different yeah. gyms there. And now you're in San Fran. You're the sport brand management executive vice president <laughs> to the regional manager for the Phoenix. Is that right? Did I get the I'll title right? It. I'll take it. I like well, what's it. your official title okay. at the Phoenix? Uh, sport brand partnership manager. So basically just managing the partnership between us and Phoenix. Is it or the Phoenix? CrossFit and Phoenix. Sorry. Is it the Phoenix or Phoenix? The Phoenix. It is the Phoenix. So, mm-hmm. I mean, let's, let's talk a little bit about that because it's super important. And I'll tell you what, every time I'm at a seminar and talking to people these days, I feel like there's more people representing you guys. So yep. I want to hear about your role specifically, but, can you give us a little bit of the background on how the Phoenix got started? Yeah. So the Phoenix has been around since 2006. Um, the founder, Scott Strode started, um, the Denver location. So we have a few brick and mortar locations Our our most well-known, I would say would be Denver and Boston. Um, and since 2006, we've been serving people, through fitness, yoga, meditation, um, all for free that are struggling with substance use disorder. So that's our main mission to serve people in recovery. Um, and we've served about 80,000 people thus far. So, um, how it has grown from a CrossFit perspective is CrossFit's a huge offering for us, obviously from the community perspective of 
you know, you get around a group of people that support you and you're working hard and you're feeling good about yourself and you're inspired and feel supported by the other people in the class. And how we work with affiliates is they have been letting us use their spaces around the country to host more Phoenix programming. So we have a few brick and mortars, but as a nonprofit, uh, the likelihood of us having a brick and mortar in every city and every state is pretty low. Um, so that's how we continue to expand our programming, not just CrossFit, but yoga, meditation, um, any really fitness endeavor outside or inside, um, to be there as free classes for people in recovery. So, uh, we're well, actually, before we go there, what's your, uh, do you have a, how did you get involved here? Like, do you have some, do you have any sort of experience, um, with substance abuse or anything? Like, I don't know, I mean you personally, or just yep. like, yeah. Yeah. So Mike Brady on seminar staff, yep. oh, yeah, he's in the area. To, yeah. yeah. Used to work at the Phoenix. So they were looking for a head coach at the Boston location. This is when we had a for-profit affiliate. So it used to be the nonprofit Phoenix and then per Ignum CrossFit, all the membership dues would go to support the Phoenix. So that's they how had I got multiple them. affiliates yeah. too. Yep. I remember seeing per Ignum one, two, three. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's how I came in. And then from there, we decided that that just wasn't kind of the best avenue for us. And we wanted to just solely focus on the nonprofit versus a for-profit affiliate. We still have those affiliates, but now they're called the Phoenix one, two, three, four. Um, and so then my role just kind of shifted from there. So I worked at Boston for a while, then moved out to San Francisco. And since everything shut down, I started up the virtual programming that we now run about 50, 60 classes a week. Um, and then from there, once we established a more official partnership with CrossFit, it sort of made sense for my role on seminar staff and involvement in the CrossFit community. And obviously I've been working for Phoenix for a while now to take on that role of managing the partnership. Very cool. So when you say 60 classes a week, that's it. One location or all your location? That's just virtual. So oh, got it. Okay. A week, I don't even know. It, it'd be a massive amount because yeah, yeah. Al affiliates alone, we have about 95 affiliates and that's just affiliates. So that's not accounting for other chapters we have. We're in about 30 right. states right now. So, um, okay. yeah. How does an affiliate get signed up with you guys? So we actually just launched a um, affiliate landing page within our website. So they could come on with us and have come on with us before we launch this page. Um, but now that we have the page, it gives more information. So if you're looking to host at your affiliate, you see all the information on this landing page, and then you can go to fill out an intake form, which asks you more questions of, do you have some volunteers that are maybe passionate about our mission that would like to coach the classes? Or are you like, you know, if Fern's like, I, I don't have the coaches, but I have the space. So if you guys have volunteers in the area, we're open on Sundays for you to come in and, and lead a class. So we are able to get more information on what the affiliate is looking for and really kind of guide them through more of, you know, we want to give more of like a white glove experience to the affiliate owners, just because without spaces or just space providers in general, but without space providers, we wouldn't be able to expand our programming. And obviously substance use disorder is a huge problem in the U S and worldwide that the more we can get this into the hands of people in different cities and States, the better we are as a society. But, you know, before we go any further, this is for Katie's um, help. There's a dog behind you. Oh yeah. And Katie's, I can tell wants to know more. Oh, see Katie, for those <laughs> of you, if you're not watching on YouTube, what is that? A doodle? You got a doodle? Little gold, mini golden doodle. I'm just praying that he stays asleep because he's a barker. So oh, it's like Jack, like Katie's dog, Jack. He's literally running around the apartment right now. So yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Katie has to mute herself <laughs> to keep That's that dog out. Look at you, full family, huh? Married and a dog. Yeah, we got little like family pictures. How old are you now? 21? 31. You're 31? Man, I was going to say were... this. Uh, I believe this to be, were you at the time and maybe still to this day, the I'm youngest just... person to be hired on uh, You know who it might No, me and Joey Dill. I was going to say oh, Joey that's Dill. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, right. Jo you know, Joey, Megan, and he I. He still looks 21. Um, yeah, he's still. So he's in, yeah, he's in his 30s as well. He's married yeah. too. But, you know, Joey, Megan, and I, you know, along with probably. Handful of others, Keith Wittenstein. Who else was in the North? Mar I mean, obviously Ariana. Austin, Kariana, Denise. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we just like 
nonstop work together for like five straight years. So it was, you know, to see us all mature. I mean, not, I could use that word loosely mature. You should, you should use it <laughs> to see them mature. So, yeah. While I've stayed the same, they get older. I stay you've the actually, same age. You've, you've actually digressed. I've made a step backwards, but you know, the, all the Phoenix stuff is super important. Let's talk a little bit also how you got there. What, um, what was your journey like making it on staff? So you were so young. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, I was working at a CrossFit gym. I think I talked to you about this before, Fern. I don't know if yeah. you know this. Jay doesn't, um, Ackerman, Jay, but... Jay, Jay doesn't actually listen to our podcast. Look, it was 400 <laughs> episodes. No one remembers, even if the, you know, go back and listen. But give us the yeah, uh, no, no, no. quick speech about it. Yeah, so I was working at a CrossFit gym just as a front desk person to have a job in high school. I didn't want to work out or like working out. Um, so that was interesting. But then finally decided to try a workout. And then from there, got more into CrossFit, got excited about the potential of coaching, or that was something that I wanted to do. And um, the coach or the owner of that facility um, was like, this is, you'll never be a coach. Like you don't have the right personality or the athleticism or whatever. So that was pretty, I would say devastating at the time. But um, a few months before that Christmas Abbott became a member of that gym and was opening her own facility. So, um, she really welcomed me with open arms when I was like, Hey, I, I don't know anything. Um, like, can I just learn from you and intern from you? And I remember just watching classes for free, you know, not getting paid or anything like that. But also she was giving me a lot of her time, um, for free, you know, just out of the good of her heart. And, um, that's one thing I love about CrossFitters is like, we give a lot, but anyways, through that, uh, kind of did an internship program through her gym, started coaching there. Um, and then she was going through the internship process on seminar staff. So I was helping her with her demos and recording her and, um, just kind of learning as she was learning. And then that became a goal of mine. So then she helped me, um, prepare for the internship and then wrote in an essay and, um, was lucky enough to get an internship and, didn't really know what I was doing, but I think everybody liked my personality. So I was like, okay, at least I got the personality. You and um, Jay, you and Jay, you guys aren't, <laughs> you're not very good coaches, but you're very likable. Fake it, Fake it till you make it. Yeah. And, and Joe Alexander, I think said maybe one word to me on my first internship. So I was like, okay, this guy hates me. And, uh, he actually didn't hate me, but, uh, yeah. So did one more internship and then ended up, um, getting on after that. Two. <laughs> rock star you look at this rock yeah star. i mean that's incredible. i would have done too had i not blown it on the second one um yeah, had you known the progressions had i known the progressions I would, have, I would have done better um the uh i actually when you brought that up it it, it sparked a memory uh i don't know if they do this anymore i think they actually do like a zoom <laughs> interview now oh, do either okay. one of you by hat by chance have the <laughs> the essay that you wrote for that to get on staff I gotta I have to look go back and it. see if I, I mean, can find it. Yeah, it's probably somewhere. I, find it. I am willing to bet. I don't. This is me personally. That it's not good. No, it might. No, definitely not. <laughs> oh, I yeah. like CrossFit. I want to help people. I this think I'd be a good cool. fit because yeah. I would I'd like. I, I imagine I would be an invaluable asset to the team. I'm a hard worker. Uh, I show up on time occasionally my biggest weakness i care, I too, care much. too much yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so you know you got on staff and, and you moved around how many seminars do you think you've worked over the last 10 years oh gosh over 200 yeah yeah remember we got that patch a couple years ago yeah You're pushing three I, burns? I definitely i definitely yeah. think i'm around three okay i was um, thinking that i was thinking about that yesterday i'm getting ready to travel today for a level two and i was like man 300 seminars later, like, it's crazy. Like, I don't remember so much. Like you you just, people are like, you remember this? You remember that? I'm like, it's all one big blur the last 10 years of weekends. And I did, I did a lot of midweek seminars there in the beginning. So I think that, um, that shot me up a little bit just because it was like weekend, midweek weekend. Where, uh, were were you doing like the Fort Stewart, uh, midweeks? Yeah. 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 Was, What's interesting is that both of you guys have uh, probably north of three and uh, only one of you has gotten better at this. Um, so <laughs> congratulations, Meg. Good work. Well, when you start uh, off, when you start off at my level, 
It's just it's statistically, right. statistically, it's impressive that you could have done that many and had and, and had no improvement. So bravo. <laughs> <laughs> you start off so good. It's like incremental improvements. You guys had so much room to improve. It looks far better on paper. Got it. Yeah, than it totally. actually, than it actually I is. I don't think we'll even get to work with each other anymore since we're on opposite coasts. Well, so what's it well, like? You're on, my, you're on you, my kind of coast. In, in, in Cali, is it a, are you getting... Are you working more or less? You know, because I did see recently you were you were like blasted all over dot com. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's worked out that I've been able to um, and it's been really fun to do some of the videos for cat programming because the Scotts Valley office is so close. So um, and I really have enjoyed it. So I've been working with James on some of that and then doing some wad brief videos um, while I'm there. And then um it's been about one or two a month, I would say out here. I mean, it's still pretty slow because of everything with COVID and things just opening up, but the gigs have been like, two, don't use that word like, here. I know two, maybe, <laughs> doesn't maybe three people. Yeah. Uh, so this weekend, like I have a level two with Austin Begeeving, but it's just us two. And that, that's pretty, I would say the standard. Yeah. I think, you know, for the listeners, when, when we first got on and there was 20 seminars every weekend and they were completely full, it was often five or six of us. I know that every was weekend. so fun. That was so fun. And then we'd have like three interns and it'd be like 10 people. It really would. And, you know, part of the enjoyment was just getting to work with different people every weekend. So you really got to yeah. develop because you saw different lectures, different styles of coaching, different cues. But, you know, just meeting so many people was awesome as well. And for all three of us, when we first got on, it was like, you were working. I remember like you get on, you worked every yep. weekend. Like it wasn't, oh, I wonder if I'll work this weekend. Yeah, For like you, five years, it was just every yeah. weekend. The, yeah. I forgot how little you would do in the course of a weekend. If you were, if it was like a five person gig, I, know. I worked you do, a four. Like, the press is demo. And that's yeah, it. I was right. I was, uh, I was down in Charlotte recently and it was like a four person gig. And I was like, I'm bored. I know. <laughs> what I, yeah. What am I supposed yeah. to do? But yeah, you work that, a, back into the fire this weekend it's me and cabo for two person i'm like i'm just gonna talk for eight hours on sunday yeah. so here we go is it a level two uh level one. Oh, either way but like a two-person level one or two you don't stop the entire day i feel like a I level like one two level person one is, is rough harder yeah way harder. you think so the i mean if you have the if you work they're both incredibly hard right but yeah if you work the level one you're either on for the entire morning right because you have what is crossfit you're either giving the squats or demoing and then you're teaching the squats and right. then one of you has the break during fitness and vice versa, but it's a three hour stretch. That's like incredibly challenging level two, just the same. Cause there's less lectures. So if you have the lectures, it's just boom, nonstop. I feel so, like the level two is a level two, almost no matter what, like regardless, there's, you're only yeah. going to have three, you're only going to have three trainers yeah. on there max anyway. So I yeah. feel like it doesn't yeah. really matter. On the you get the yeah, one break like during common movement themes like this yeah. weekend, I'm not giving it or demoing. So that's like my one hour break for the day, which I'm yeah. excited. Level about. one, two person level one is, is way harder. I think. Yeah. yeah I think so too. So, um, so now that you've been on, on staff for so long and you've moved around, you know, what are, what are some of your goals going forward being on staff or just involved in CrossFit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now I've really been enjoying doing those videos as like an additional just kind of something new because I have given all the lectures. So um, still refining those obviously, but that presents a different challenge. Um, so that's been cool. And then really, you know, I've been, since I've continued to progress in my role at Phoenix, like I've been cutting down purposely on seminars just because I do want to be able to give my all when I go on the road, but it's tough to do the 40 hour work week plus seminar, you guys know. So um, it, it's definitely been less there and, and really happy where I'm at on seminar staff and hopefully can, you know, in the future, be able to work with more new people. If we ever get them in the area and help develop them, I had the opportunity to do that with one of the girls that's new on staff. And that was just awesome. Um, but yeah, just trying to still do both, but making sure that I have that good balance between the two. Isn't it, isn't it funny being transitioning from like the new guy on staff or girl to like the veteran, like we are. Yeah. And like, yeah, now it's, you know, watching the new people come up and giving them the feedback and helping them develop where I felt like for the first eight, nine years, there was none of that. 
because they weren't really hiring new people. Yeah. Now no, you sudden, were just we were just the new people forever. It's just like, yeah, can I not it's be one of those the, things. Can I not be yeah. the fucking well, junior person here? For- there was basically just two levels. There was like you've been on since the beginning. The Joe Mo's. Yeah. Or you, you know, got hired Chucks. in 2013. Yeah. yeah. Or you got hired yeah. when we did. Yeah. So it was like, there's two levels of to this. There's I a know, few there people really since us. But, we were like that, that next kind of wave. That's crazy. Hey, did you guys see this? I text Fern. Did you see Chuck wearing that new seminar staff shirt? Are we going to get those? We don't know. I, I, guess, I, 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 I guess Noble found I the need, red dye they were looking for. I need <laughs> new shirts immediately because mine it, are like, close to holes in them at this point i have so many i have a whole shelf in my closet that is just red shirts i mean there's there's got to be 50 of them in there i'm like what do i yeah. do with these things we get yeah. to burn them like you're not allowed to give like i'm always getting rid of my clothes but i was gonna take mine to goodwill and have them just hand them out and then yeah just, hey. just hey spread the good word listen like if somebody wants to be a red shirt trainer <laughs> that, listen, home, just... that homeless guy in virginia beach you know right. oh did you did you do some work for crossfit level yeah. one staff i took my yeah. level one you, you got you're rocking a red shirt from caffeine and kilos today shout out to danny Got it yesterday. Yeah, it's you like said pretty, there's a crazy pretty, box of uh, pretty stoked about it. Coffee and T-shirts. Did you get the coasters? Look at this, Jay. I thought you said like your job is to keep it on task. I am. This is yeah, shout yeah. out to one of our sponsors, Mick. Yeah, yeah. The, Do you uh, know I seamlessly Katie, work that in there? I feel the, like uh, Katie like that. Do you know I seamlessly caffeine and kilos? Go check them oh, out. Okay, okay, got he's, it. I see you. I see you. A. Uh, I don't know that they're a sponsor, so that's incorrect. And then B, um, <laughs> and then B, uh, Jay's delusional most of the time. So um, when I'm not just, when I'm not severely depressed, for an, yeah, I'm yeah, delusional yeah. in the other he direction. Has, he has, he has, manic. Uh, he has he has squirrel brain. Um, but the uh, so wait wait, wait Meg, let me ask let me ask before you go to this. What's your first memory of each of us on staff? Oh, this is, it's always it's always about Jay. Us, yeah, I said. I said us. We, yeah, but that wasn't what you meant. I know, mostly me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I really have one. Like, you have a big crush on me. Did you have a crush on me when it, we first? It met? wasn't like it was like this moment where, like, we, you know, I just remember like, us always working through, always working. No, actually, like actually, Wayne's wait, World ish. Remember, no, Jay. Remember, <laughs> I don't know Here if you'll go. remember this, but um, he doesn't remember yesterday, at- much less ten years ago. <laughs> We were at Reebok and someone wanted us to do task priority fight gone bad. And you and I were on the that was seminar. James. We were like, okay, we were like Let's be partners, right? Because we're like similar fitness levels. And he refused to let us be partners because he was like, you have to go with someone better than you. So then I got stuck with Paul. And I went with James. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. It Paul was Trombley. terrible. And yeah. so we were like, can't we just like Jay and I just partner? And James was like, <laughs> no. Yeah, I remember that we were doing task priority. I think you had to do well, twenty. I was gonna say each. what was I was yeah. I was gonna say what was the reps if it was task priority. I think it was. I I want to say it was like twenty of each, maybe more. Uh, it but, was definitely more like per part. It might have even been like twenty per person or so. I don't even know. It was a lot. It was one of the more devastating workouts that. I yeah, did at that point, because... at that point, twenty wouldn't have been that bad. Honestly, no, no, it was bad. So probably 30. 30, 30 is you got to pay the man for thirty. But yeah, Meg, were you at the seminar in Boston where I don't want to say this person's name, former member of staff, probably one of his, if not the last seminar that this person worked? No, give me one. I can't say his name. Yeah, yeah, cool story. Yeah. No, but like, tell me. There's only like one dude. There's only one person that I think we all know of that was on staff around the same time as of as us that did not last more than like three seminars. Rumor is at one point this person farted mid lecture. Oh no, that wasn't. Um, no, no, he was actually on uh, staff for longer than that. And I know this because I was sitting next to him when this happened. The part, the part, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah you told, but this same person I remember is one of my first seminars in the Northeast. I think EC was flowing. We go out and he's wasted. And I was, I remember Joey and I, like it was the first seminar I worked with Joey. And that's why Joey and I, I think bonded and became such close friends. Cause we were just like, keep us away from this guy. Like we were just no. like, we don't like this guy. He was and on, he, he was on, he was on staff. For, he was, he was, uh, he was closer to my area. Like he wasn't a Northeast person, but yeah. Anyway. yeah no. But yeah. anyway, I remember uh, that oh, one time. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, now, yeah, now that, that happened. Turn. I was sitting directly next to him. This happened at CrossFit Charlotte. I was sitting directly next to him, and it happened. 
And uh, this was what during Jomo, someone else's lecture. We were in the back. Jomo was giving the lecture, and in classic Jomo form, he was like. Can we all just acknowledge that and give him a no, round of No, I was there. I was there. I was there. And then we clapped. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Let's do yeah. that one, Meg. Yeah, yeah. because it You were still living there, Jay, I think. Jay, it helped because Fern was like, he's in the South, not like, I was thinking Northeast, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, no, no, yeah. This yeah. guy was from the South, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. But, yep, yeah, I remember that. And it was like slow clap. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> It was a, I think, I think Joe Moak, uh, he carried that fairly well. Just, you know, oh, can we all just acknowledge that and give him a round of applause? <laughs> <laughs> was, was this person embarrassed? I, I don't yeah, think so. I, no, I think it was just clueless as to the fact, the fact that that was mildly inappropriate. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. So, so as, as you were working to get better at coaching Meg, especially, you know, back in the day, what were some of the things you did to improve your skills? Mm, yeah, I think a lot of it was probably just building more confidence, especially as a female trainer um, and finding my voice and being able to kind of speak with authority and lectures. Like I remember that a lot of really working on posture and working on being precise and having the confidence. I mean, I still get nervous and you know, all that going into it, but the confidence level is different than it was in the beginning. And I think once I established that, then, um, you know, that helped a lot of my coaching and also just being, uh, more so embracing where I was at. So if I, you know, didn't have the ability to do something or a skill, I'd be working on it instead of hiding it and being ashamed of it. Um, you know, and bringing other people into that of like, Hey, this is what's working for me and how I've been getting better at it versus like, Every time, you know, a higher skill movement comes up, I'm like, just kind of go dark and not say anything. I'd be like, yeah, I'm working on it right now. Don't have it. But, um, you know, and I think that earned me some credibility with, with people that I was coaching and, um, I've kind of kept that ever since. And I think that's really helped as I've gone into the population that we serve at Phoenix of being really relatable, um, to, to anybody that comes in the door. Were you, uh, were you like that? As a kid too. So I actually remember, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't remember when we actually first met, but I do remember being impressed with your ability to command a room at a young age, being a female in a, in a largely male dominated ecosystem as far as like training. Um, did you, were you always like that or did, or did you, or where did that start to come from? Cause I, I would put you up there. I think you and Lindsay both uh, do a exceptional job um, with regard to presence and attitude. And as far as like commanding a room when you're coaching. Thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah, I have definitely always been like a more of like a leader personality and more bossy, I would say, um, when I was younger, but I think CrossFit helped me just develop confidence in myself. You know what? I, I don't know if you guys probably haven't experienced this, but like when you've never worked out before and you're so small and it's like, you, you don't really even have like the musculature to like stand up tall, you know? So it's like, I think that really affects confidence as a whole. So once I got into CrossFit and then had some people like Christmas and some other folks that were really believing in me, then that really helped build me up. And then from there, you know, through that time with her, I remember coaching a class and she would like, interrupt me in the middle of class and be like, you need to speak with your diaphragm. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, you know, and so like, it was a lot of feedback even before getting on seminar staff of like, okay, putting myself in an uncomfortable scenario. And then, um, just like, I think I've always been able to receive the feedback and, and move forward from there. But, um, yeah, like even when I was little, it'd be like, now you need to like, not be so bossy. Like you don't always have to be the leader. Um, so I think that was probably in me from an early age. Do you think because you learned from another female that helped? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, probably too, because Christmas is such a strong personality, right? So she, in my eyes, never lacked any sort of um, confidence in herself. So that was something that I wanted to emulate. And she was just so kind and, um, you know, giving her time to a lot of people. So it was like, she was leading by example from, coaching the members, but then also helping me. So all of those traits in her were something that I was like, I, I really love this person and um, what they're about. And that's what I want to, you know, try to develop in myself. 
So let's let's talk a little bit more about the Phoenix. I know that's super important to you. Uh, you know, when I had Albany CrossFit, I found I was getting a lot of people in recovery. Like, and and I found, you know, you get one, and and oftentimes you just don't know it, right? Because it's not like on yeah. day one they're coming in, they're saying, "By the way, I'm in recovery for X, Y, and Z." But you get to know your members, and and you get to know their story, and you're finding that out, and you know, without purposely attracting those people. I had like a dozen members because they, they come in and it's like anything, they have another community where they're telling their friends about it. And you realize accidentally, you know, you're helping these other people through a really difficult, difficult challenge and time of their life. What, what do you think it is about CrossFit that makes it such a good partnership for the Phoenix and, and really helps people in, in all different types of recovery? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, the beauty about CrossFit is that you can have a CEO of a company working next to someone that, you know, maybe hasn't had a job for a year or something and, and nobody's really diving into those details. They're just, um, you know, instantly kind of becoming, becoming friends. And I think that's what spoke to me. You know, I didn't really love working out when I was younger. It was more so like, oh, I now have automatic friends and people that care about me and are supporting me through this. And I think, you know, unless it's just a one-off gym. I mean, for the most part, if you walk into a CrossFit gym, you're going to feel that support right from the get-go. So I think, um, at, you know, having Phoenix be free. So now we can offer that to more people, then they're able to go and find this community of, of folks that they didn't have before that accept them for exactly who they are. And they're not inquiring, like, you know, where do you live and what, like, give me more information on your background and how you got sober and all that. Like, those questions can come up, but it's really just about like, Hey, we're working out together. I'm going to give you a high five. You're going to give me a high five and I'm going to support you with whatever you need. And those people, um, are going to show up for each other every day and, and be kind of a consistent in their lives. So it's like the coach is always there. Most of the members are regularly there. So now you're having this kind of sense of community that is consistent, um, that you can rely on. What's interesting about that is just the the CrossFit ecosystem, more specifically the affiliates, don't need to change anything to accommodate. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's just like, 100%. what do you have to do differently? I'm like, nothing. It's just yeah. quite, quite literally, just do exactly what you're doing, and then just let these folks come in. Yeah, for sure. And we've had many affiliates that you know a couple of things that we do want to be mindful of in classes. Like we ask folks in the Phoenix classes to not take their shirts off, just to be trauma informed, and a couple other things. But, um you know, you could ultimately change one of your classes to just, you know, a 9am on Thursday to be a Phoenix class. And now you have, which breaks down the stigma even more, right? It's like, you have people that are already coming to class and then you have folks that are coming, um, because they heard about Phoenix and they're newly sober or they've been sober for a long time. And now you have the two communities, um, coming together and reducing that stigma. So now it's not like a, this is us, this is them type of thing. It's, you know, we're together. And from a coaching perspective, I mean, in Boston, I had the opportunity to coach people that were experiencing homelessness that hadn't worked out in like 30 years or something. And the amount of scaling and modifying that needs to go into that and supporting them to making sure that they feel safe, um, is like a, a huge new challenge for a coach. And I think, um, that's something I love, right. And instead of the same, you know, it's kind of like you have those standard scaling and modifications, um, for you got to go people, deep into like, your bag for that. Totally. Where you're just like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's like one of my favorite parts is having for, been able to coach those. For an affiliate that that is interested in this, what have you found to be a successful recipe to implement this in the box? So you mentioned like a Sunday. Yep. Like I was thinking about if I was going to do this at Rife, like how would I do that? Yep. Like we're 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 currently closed on Sundays, and we'll probably stay that yep. way. But and the rest of my days are are pretty packed with classes. Like I would, I would probably gravitate immediately towards like a Sunday class, but like, what have you guys seen that yeah. like to, to, to I don't want to say mi mitigate interruption. Cause that sounds mm -hmm. bad, but I mean, it kind of is a, it's a kink no, in, totally. the, in the machine a little bit. So well, you're just having a bunch of people that regardless of their background, just are new to CrossFit, right. Potentially yeah. coming yeah. to class. Yeah, for sure. So I think you know, the, the beauty of it is that we're just grateful for people supporting us in any way. So, um, it makes it easy because the affiliate owner can choose what works for them. But I would say the best case would be, you know, Jay, you talked about, you had a dozen members that were in recovery at your gym. So 
folks that either are in recovery themselves or have been personally affected by substance use. They've got a family member, they've got a friend, they feel passionate about our mission. Um, that's usually where we see a lot of success in terms of growing the classes. So we have had in the past some affiliates that want to open our doors, but then they don't really kind of have that champion person to do that outreach and, and really be the one that's kind of bringing people in. And so if you do have that person or those group of people, then working with that group and the affiliate owner to identify, it doesn't honestly matter what day and time that person or those people are going to serve as the champion to, you know, get the class going and keep it going. So then the affiliate owner, the idea would be that they're pretty hands off. And it's like, we're letting these folks just do something that they're passionate about and feel like they're actually giving back to the community in a way that speaks to them. So then it's, it's less forced, you know? So and then how does somebody get exposure? Uh, again, we'll just use my uh, affiliate as an example. Okay. Yep. Let's say we decide to do that. And then how does that, how does that message get communicated to the community to create awareness around that this is a thing? Yeah. So if the affiliate has some folks in recovery, some of them, and, and it's not, you know, we like respect all pathways to recovery, but there may be someone that's part of a 12 step program or AA that, they can then start to tell their community of people. Um, and likely they have somebody, it, you know, if they've been in recovery for a little while, they have someone or a community of people that they've been surrounded with that they can then share, or they know treatment centers in the area that they can just go do outreach and drop a flyer. Um, but like I said, they're going to be a little bit more tapped into the community that they're in and also feel passionate about getting folks in. So um, if you have someone that, does not really know much about recovery or substance use. It, it doesn't mean that they can't start up a program. It just is helpful to at least get some education around that. So, you know, like, okay, where are the community centers or where are the shelters or where are the treatment centers that I can go to do some of this outreach um, and, and have it be, you know, shown that it's an available offering for people in that area. You see, uh, and I don't know if like how you kind of track this kind of stuff within within the organization, but are you are you is Phoenix and these affiliates are they seeing people you know make the transition from wherever that wherever they're at in that yeah. that road to recovery? Um, you know, I, and I know they kind of all define it a little bit differently, but like yeah. their sobriety and then they kind of transition out of that program and then they become just a normal standing member of the community. Yeah. So I would say that, um, you know, when someone gets involved with Phoenix, it, it's less about, it's not really viewed as like you come in and you're, you know, day two of your sobriety journey. And then right. once you get to year three, like you moved on from that, it's always likely you, you usually will see it as a part of you, but then your kind of thought is to continue to give back to the community and help others that, are wanting to go on this journey of sobriety. And so I would say most of the people that join Phoenix are like lifelong members. And then we also have people that, you know, are not in recovery, but want to support Phoenix and have had a family member or friend affected by it, that they just come all the time to Phoenix classes. Cause then they're around people that they know are also supporting the mission. They feel great about supporting the mission. And then we sometimes even have people that are like, Hey, I've been coming to Phoenix just cause I like this group of people for a year. And like, I actually haven't had a drink in a year. And this is not something that I even thought that I needed to address, but now just being around this community, um, I feel support to do so. So it's kind of, you know, the benefit of Phoenix is seen in a lot of different ways, but I would say people just continue to come and be part of that community. And then it's less about like, okay, I know that Ackerman has one year sober and I only have two months and Fern has 60 years. It's like, mm -hmm. we're just kind of all there to do the workout, which is exactly like CrossFit of we're not, you know, necessarily inquiring the background, but then a lot of those powerful stories will come up. I'm sure, you know, you guys have had the opportunity here at seminars where Phoenix maybe gets brought up and then you hear somebody that's gone on this incredible journey through finding CrossFit and their sobriety journey that they wouldn't have otherwise shared just from feeling safe in a community of people. You mentioned earlier, you know, there's some rules for the affiliates, such as in this class specifically, don't take off your shirt. What are, what are the rules for both ends for an affiliate? Is there anything specific that has to be done? And then for the people that want to attend, 
what yeah. what are the parameters for them to be able to come to class? Yeah, good question. So the requirement for attending programming at any of our locations is 48 hours sober. So that could be someone that, you know, is just newly getting sober, or it could be someone that's supporting what we do. And, you know, they're agreed to have 48 hours sober to be able to come to class. We don't do any sort of testing or anything like that. Um, but the community standards is what we call them. So we try to um, share them less as rules and more of just kind of the why behind doing them. So um, a couple things like, well, the 48 hours, keeping shirts on, trying to avoid any sort of curse words or music that might have that. And the why behind those things is to make sure that it is a trauma-informed environment that you know, that's one thing that I've learned with Phoenix is that you really don't know. And I know we talk about this a lot um, with CrossFit, but it's to a new level that you truly do not know what's what's going on with people outside of the gym. Um, and you don't know what's going to affect them from their past trauma and being able to learn more about that has helped me tremendously at a coach at the gym that I coach at down the street and, you know, interacting with people that are late or maybe have an attitude or, or something like that, that, um, you know, my experience with Phoenix and thinking through that trauma-informed lens has helped uh, tremendously. Is it important that the coach for your classes offer to the Phoenix is in recovery or doesn't drink or do that type of stuff? Good question. Yeah. So I would say um, we used to just have it be a peer-to-peer support model. And I think that's amazing. If we do have someone that can coach the class that is a peer in recovery, um, obviously they're going to be able to relate in a different way, but as someone that has coached Phoenix classes for a long time and is not in recovery and a supporter of um, it, we definitely welcome people that are supporting, but I think it's, you know, maybe not the best fit for everyone, depending on their, um, you know, mission alignment and what they've maybe experienced in their life. But I would say majority of people that support what we do and are not in recovery, that coach have a connection via a family member or a friend where they're like, Hey, this is just something that I'm truly passionate about because I experienced this in my life. Um, and that's why I choose to coach. So it's not a requirement either way. And really everyone that I've talked to, um, for, I would say like 99% of people that I bring up Phoenix, they then go on to share a story of like a friend or a family member or my parent or whatever it may be. Um, and I think it's just such a, I know we, you know, we hear this a lot of like the opioid crisis and, and all that, but I think people truly don't realize like how big of a thing that this is, that there are so many people affected by it, not just those that are now in recovery or working to get sober, but those that are family members or friends of, of people that have gone through that. So, so to, well, to be clear, you know, we, we talk a lot when we, I think when we refer to the Phoenix, oftentimes people are like drinking and drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So a, what you're saying is if you have a family member, a friend that's in recovery, you are welcome. Yep. Correct. And then B, there's other addictions out there, right? I mean, yep. the one that pops into my head is like, there's gambling addiction. I'm sure there's others. Yep. Um, sex addiction, right? Are, the, are, are those also a part of this? Yeah, it's really, you know, anybody, as long as they have the 48 hours sober. So it doesn't have to be like, you know, again, we're not inquiring like, what somebody is, is dealing with. So if they have the 48 hours, they know that this is going to be a free offering for them. They have a community of people, a safe, supportive environment where they're going to feel like they can thrive and, and be themselves and get the support that they need with whatever they have going through. And like I said, like, we don't usually have to ask anything. It's just like, you're kind of, you know, Jay, if you were coaching the classes, you're just doing your thing, being yourself, the waiver. Caring, caring about people. Right. And then they come up and be like, Hey, I just want to let you know, you've been coaching me for three months. And this has been my experience outside the gym. Just wanted to share that with you. And you're like, I didn't even know I was having that big of an effect on you, but I did. And, um, you know, thank you for sharing that. So a lot of times that stuff will come up just because people then feel comfortable talking and sharing their story. And then, you know, within our brick and mortars, um, we've had some just epic stories and experiences happen. And same thing with our, our chapters that aren't brick and mortars, but it's cool to have been able to coach at those uh, facilities where it's like all the classes are Phoenix classes all day, every day, yoga, CrossFit, rock climbing, all that. That's cool. The, uh, I think it, you, and you, we've kind of, you touched on it briefly, but I think this is an important concept for coaches to understand just the, the, the idea of being trauma informed. And this happened to me the other day, actually. And I, I, I quite literally caught myself mid sentence. So I think mm -hmm. sometimes we forget that 
and this is not to insinuate we should walk, you know, be walking on eggshells all the time. You can't, you can't just talk normally. However, I do think it is valuable for coaches just due to the number of people that we interact with on a daily basis to just kind of check your words occasionally with regard to like, you know, like an example would be, let's, uh, we could use any number of, uh, you know, trauma, uh, scenarios. Like, so if somebody has, you know, alcoholism in their family and you talk an about abusive, like, an abusive business, an abu- yeah, an abusive, right. Yeah. But <laughs> Verbally abusive. It's, it's different if they deserve it. Yeah, um, um, <laughs> so, but th- so like that would actually be a perfect example, right? Like that kind of like mild interaction there is not mild for some people or how you, yeah. like, if you talked about like getting hammered on, on the weekend and then you have no idea if this person might be a recovering alcoholic or, um, any number of things. Um, but it, it does, it, it always kind of, creates a, a little bit more awareness and um, just kind of knowing a little bit more about people. And it does, I don't want to say force you, but it, it's good to just be a little bit more aware of the words yeah. that you use about yeah. different it makes stuff. makes you or, slower to speak, right? Slower yeah, to speak, I, right? And I think it's important as a coach because we don't know everything about everybody that comes in the box. And sometimes because you know, you get really comfortable in the gym because it's your home and it's how you do things. But I think we do have to step back and say, Hey, while I do kind of live here and work here every single day, this is a professional environment or should be, uh, and I should maybe act accordingly and maybe tighten it up a little bit. So I think there's just a, I, I don't want to skip over that. Cause I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's a super I- valuable skill just as a, somebody who's trying to develop empathy and be a professional we do, we do need to consider those things. Um, and, and when you brought it up, it actually triggered a thought like this happened to me like three days ago, I was like mid sentence. And I was going to say something that I would normally say just in a casual conversation. And I switched it on the fly and I was mm-hmm. like, man, that, that would have, and it may or may not have affected that person. You use it just, for, I mean, not to pin, not to make you look bad, but more so, cause I actually had written down a question for Meg is like, what are some things going to what you're saying that we do naturally that we should be aware of for classes like this. And by the way, if you're aware about them for classes like this, you should probably be aware of them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think sometimes people get, they're nervous when they're bringing a Phoenix class to their affiliate because they're like, okay, I do, you know, maybe I do have to walk on eggshells and I don't know how to talk. And it's like, here's the thing. We want to reduce stigma as a whole. So if we're constantly um, overthinking it and putting certain folks in a category of people and not, you know, bringing them together and, and speaking how we normally would, but the words matter thing is a huge piece. And I, I think really simply, if, if we think about it more from like a, you know, nothing is absolute and we're giving options for people, that's really the best way to go about it. So even when I'm briefing a workout for any class, doesn't matter if it's a Phoenix class or not of, you know, here's some options and what feels good for you today. And I'm still going to guide them on the stimulus and make sure that they're squared away and they're not just picking whatever they want to do. But instead of, you know, I used to kind of be like, this is it. And you must finish in this time and being like almost a little bit kind of aggressive with it. And so strict that it feels a little jarring. Right. Whereas like we can kind of, um, you know, let people know that there are different options for them, like right from the get go to make them feel safe and kind of it's, it's things that people are doing anyways in the gym, right? If they're, if they're good coaches of like, they see, you know, people see handstand walks on the board and it's like, are you briefing that right from the get of, you know, here's some other options for you and maybe demoing some things, or are you just, you know, kind of brushing that off? So they're sitting there scared for the first 15 minutes that they're going to have to handstand walk until you finally get the words out like, Oh, here's a scaling option, you know? So it's kind of, I think laying it up like that, but I, I really don't change a ton of how I coach other than just being aware that, you know, I have been able to coach folks that are coming off the street that, um, are homeless and, um, you know, newly sober or whatever it may be that other people may have coached these people without knowing it. But since I knew that that was a population coming in, then it just made me more aware that then I could take that to other classes. And I don't know if someone at the gym down the street, that's not a Phoenix gym, um, you know, if there are folks that are experiencing that too, and just being mindful of that. Well, you have any numbers as far as statistics go of, of people that are a part of the Phoenix as far as sticking to recovery? Yeah, we're, I believe about 80% in terms of, um, staying sober with the, the data that we've, um, collected thus far. 
least in the first few months. That's great. Where, how, uh, how does that stack up against other different types of recovery programs? It's kind of hard to tell because okay. treatment center, not so there are about 23 million people in recovery. Not all of them go to treatment. Right. Many of them that do go to treatment will have at least one relapse. So treatment centers oftentimes are just reporting out on that. And then we're not seeing the other amount of folks that aren't going to treatment. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we've had people that are like, I just got sober through starting to come to CrossFit. Like right. it doesn't have to always be, you know, there's a bunch of different journeys, whether it's religion or 12 step or AA or, you know, whatever it may be, um, people get sober in all different ways. So as long as we are providing this environment where people feel like they can continue to show up and have that support, um, that's how we're able to support folks staying on that recovery journey. And it's not that we don't, you know, have, have folks relapse, but that's why we have the 48 hours. So they feel like, you know, they can come back and nobody's going to be judgmental to them Right. for, for coaches that are coaching Phoenix classes that maybe are new to this. It's like, we do our best to provide resources and support for individuals to understand how to best support people that come in and maybe aren't 48 hours and they have to, you know, still support them, but can't have them participate in programming and, you know, just being empathetic as a whole, um, just like you would, you know, that, that late person that comes in, obviously there are scenarios where you need to address that, but it's like, instead of just the default, like, Oh, this is pissing me off. It's like, let me just slow down for a second, have a conversation with this person, see what, what's going on. Um, and then explain the why behind, you know, why being on time is important. It's like, that's, that's how you can really address any scenario is just talking to people and caring about them. So if a box is interested, they've listened, they're ready to get going with the Phoenix. What do they do? So they can now go to the, uh, the phoenix.org slash affiliate. Um, and that page is specifically for them. And then from there, if they were to fill out the intake form that they're interested in getting involved, we have volunteer trainings that are on demand. We have toolkits for them to do just like you were asking for and about like the outreach and things like mm -hmm. that, that we've really built out this kind of massive volunteer structure and process because our goal is to get 10,000 volunteers in the next five years. And our goal this year is 2000. So, um, if we can kind of make it easier for people and have that process, then that's going to get us to that goal. Awesome. So hopefully we, we, you know, a couple of people hear this, like you said, there's really, you don't have to change anything. You just have to open up a class. Is there a minimum number of classes they have to do a week? No. And it can even be like a one-time special event or once a month. It really depends on the affiliate. But I think too, you know, beyond that, if, if, if someone's listening and they're like, you know, my affiliate is just, it's not the best time for us. Like you can see if there's a Phoenix in your area. And that's actually how we ended up hiring Larry. I don't know if you guys saw that he now works for us, Larry Thomas. Oh, um, no. is he, he just started volunteering for Phoenix. So he just felt passionate about the mission, um, started volunteering and then an opportunity arose, but any coach can go. And I think it's a great opportunity to develop more skills of working with people in different populations and just giving back your time, just like Christmas gave me, right. Of like, how can I give back my time um, to, to really serve the community and more people than I have had the opportunity to do so. Yeah. I love it. I might have a class here at best out of CrossFit. Love it. You, you, you know, you got time in the schedule for that. I think, you know, it's a busy schedule, but uh, like Megan said, you just make one of your classes a Phoenix class. There you go. Yeah. And, 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 love you know, it. it's a great way to give back. Like I said, I, I remember vividly at Albany CrossFit, like, so many people coming in and there wasn't a company or, or an organization, I should say, like, like the Phoenix back then. So I was just doing CrossFit and, and they were giving, let me ask you one last question. How yeah. do you answer this question? Cause this was something I do get quite a bit where they say, well, you're replacing one addiction with another. Mm. How do you handle that question? Cause obviously it's easy. It's like, yeah, but it's health, it's fitness. Like, yeah, but it, but, it, but to some people that is kind of what's going on, right? They're like, the, the idea, especially back in the day, they were so addicted to CrossFit. Now with limited options, maybe they don't quite go as nuts as we were, you know, back then. But how do you answer that question? Probably not like a mind blowing answer just because you already said it. But I mean, I do think that it's like, yeah, you know, maybe. Well, I think CrossFit works for 
folks coming to the Phoenix because it is a fitness program where you can continue to strive to be better. So, you know, that's why we keep coming back for more because they're like, oh, we want to hire a deadlift and we want to get this skill and, and whatever it may be that that's not always the case in other fitness modalities. So I think it makes it easy, easier to get so wrapped up in it, which is, you know, obviously a healthy addiction um, and a group of supportive people. But I think that's what helps build confidence is like they then see that they can lift this even, you know, 35 pound barbell off the ground. They're like, oh, dang, like I'm super strong. If I can do this in the gym, then I can now go do this in my outside life. So um, that's why I think we've had such success with CrossFit that um, other fitness programs don't always do the same um, and other modalities um, or maybe some do just in different ways. But yeah. And I think you're right. It's, I think, it's the I think the answer, yeah, I think the answer to that all kind of already, already lies within the, or the way to answer that already lies within that, the, the addiction community, which is progress, not perfection. It's like, we're not trying to fix them. Like, it's just, it's a better option and we'll start there. Yeah. So let's just yeah, do that. It's like, it's like taking a client from Mountain Dew to diet Mountain Dew. Right. Yeah. Right? This and isn't like, progress, not perfection. I like that. And I think, you know, it's like the more people we can have in the world to be open to all groups of people, the better. So like even, you know, here where I live, there are a ton of folks experiencing homelessness and you can tell um, how other people interact with that, with how they, you know, their values and their upbringings and, and their thoughts about it. It's either like, this is like scaring me or I don't like this or get these people out of here. Or it's like, yeah, I actually, you know, walked by this person and just said hello and asked them, you know, how was their day and made eye contact with them or whatever. So it's like, the more we can get that going, the more we're supporting folks, the more we're, you know, supporting this mission of helping people get sober, supporting them through what they're going through, whether it's substance use or another addiction and just all coming together. And I really think that CrossFit is, you know, going to be the fitness program that can do that and really continue to change the world as it already has. Love it. Well, the coach formerly known as Meg Burns, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. You've got great stuff going on. Great seeing you, your growth over the last 10 years. You know, looking at your growth makes me realize how little I've grown. And <laughs> hey, progress, not perfection. And yeah, now, now, now that you say that, Fern, I appreciate it because that's me. I'm the progress, not perfection. Meanwhile, Meg's over there growing like crazy, getting married, moving around, doing awesome things for this awesome organization so thanks jay it's good to, it's good to it's like my little girl's all grown up all grown up this meg burns that's what's happening <laughs> how <laughs> so, old are you how old are you jay are you like oh no this, is top, this show or? is not about me this show is not about me meg because we're focused on you today he's he <laughs> just got his aarp card so that's good <laughs> i'm not my, let me put it this way my weights are not lower than yours in the open which I feel like is a mistake. That should happen. I did, I did see your um, squat snatch PR though the other day. You posted. Yeah, well, that was six years ago, Meg. Yeah. Oh, it was six. Okay. Uh, Jay, we Jay a, likes we to relive the glory days. Yeah, yeah. Doing a throwback. Okay, yeah, got yeah. it. Got it. Yep. Yeah, I could also throw a football over over that mountain. mountain over there. Yeah, got it. <laughs> so if you want to see that? Come to Boulder. Anyway, yeah, Uncle Rico. It's uh, it's great to see you. Hopefully, you know, I'm holding out hope that we get together this year, all of us. Fall, know, hey, you got any insight? Oh, you got any insight? I know you're big in the you know with home office it, these days. It's, it's not happening. It's not happening this year. <laughs> no, no, people always ask me like if I know anything, and I'm like, I I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not on the in. I'm not. It's, on the in. it's not. I know it's not happening this year. I think they shoot for next oh. year. Fern is okay, clearly Fern, on the Fern's end. Fern's clearly on the end. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we will see you at some other point. Hey, in San Francisco, the one thing, best dim sum, oh, ever. Do you like dim sum? So, the, you know, obviously there's Chinatown in San Francisco. We can say that, right? We can say Chinatown. Mm, canceled now. <laughs> I don't know what I'm allowed to say anymore. Anyway, anyway, go there. There's plenty of dim sum restaurants, but uh, check it out. Maybe take your husband. You don't have one, one. Yeah, that's a that's a terrible lead in. Yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, they have a Chinatown. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. That's the extent. That was the extent of your recommendation oh, is that shit. they have dim sum in Chinatown. Got First it. of all, no, super helpful. Yeah. Anyone listening knows dim sum is one of those styles of restaurants that is very similar wherever you go. So long as you're in Chinatown. Um, but I will find the one. 
Roz and I went on our honeymoon and it was fantastic. Okay. You should, you should start a restaurant uh, review uh, business, Jay. It will go well. Yeah. (laughs) Just as best hour CrossFit. Yeah. Everybody gets five stars. Join my platform. (laughs) If I like it, if I like it. Yeah. Everything's good. If your restaurant is good, I assume everything in the area is good. How's that? How's that for you? Anyway, Megan Burns, Bakhtari. um, Bakhtiari. Let's be honest. (laughs) That's as good as it gets today. That's as good as it gets on a Friday morning, Meg. It's been great catching up with you. And, um, you know, we keep us posted on all things with the Phoenix and in your life. And your dog slept the entire time. Nice job. There you go. Oh, Oh, I woke up. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.